Hey guys, we're back with another episode of Girl Meets Show, the relationships podcast for people in a relationship with TV. And in case you didn't realize, Jordan is always the person who does the intro. Mm-hmm. That's and me. I'm the person who always... Taylor, that's my name. <laughs> I always do the... The witty banter <laughs> after the intro. Yeah, supposed to be witty banter. We were just talking, we were like... Maybe people are confused about who is saying what, since we don't always have an intro that's like, this is what Taylor sounds like, and that's what Jordan sounds like. So we thought we'd just remind you Mm -hmm. as like a present for our 29th episode. Yeah, it's been 29 episodes, so we thought we'd explain better who we are. (laughs) I love celebrating 29. (laughs) It's fun. It's like a prime number. Yeah. And then 30 will just feel like whatever. Yeah. Just like when I turned 30. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Who cares? (laughs) So this week we watched um, the documentary on Elizabeth Holmes on HBO. It's called The Inventor Out for Blood in Silicon Valley. And we also watched Amy Schumer's Netflix comedy special, Growing. And um, since these are very polarizing female figures, I think Elizabeth Holmes is pretty much all uh she's not as polarizing as much just like universally hated yeah (laughs) at this point but amy schumer is a very polarizing person you either kind of i i don't know i feel like i i like her i wouldn't say i'm obsessed with her but a lot of people really don't like her yeah and we can get more into that when we are talking about her specifically yeah definitely. but i feel like everyone kind of has a turning point with her um so with that we decided we want wanted to rank our top three least liked female characters that we do like. Yes. The, the characters that we're kind of always defending and most people don't like them. And exactly. they're females. <laughs> yeah. And even if you look up lists of the least favorite, um, like the most hated TV characters, a lot of the ones at the top of the list are female, which, you know, that seems like a little um, unfair statement, but... It was really interesting reading some of these lists. Mm-hmm. Well, I can, I don't know whose turn it is, but I can go first. Go for it. Um, I have Hannah Horvath. Horvath? How do I think it's Horvath. Horvath? Hannah Horvath from Girls as my number three. I, a lot of people hate her, and I think it's a big reason a lot of people hate Lena Dunham now is because they're pretty similar but also they're not and that was very articulate and I have my reasons but I won't go into them (laughs) well I think that really summed it up like (laughs) she made this show it's not a direct like autobiographical show no but she she's said like there are a lot of overlap uh overlaps between her and Hannah Mm mm-hmm but I think people just take all the um, negative parts of Hannah and they're like, oh, mm-hmm. those are all the parts about Lena that I don't like. Totally. Which is really interesting because I'm like, if you actually watch the show, she's basically roasting herself. Totally. It's not a flattering picture. She's not... The point of the show is not at all that Hannah's, like, right no. about almost anything. No. So if it were... If they were the same person, then people who watch the show would realize, like, oh, like... She acknowledges that she has a lot of flaws. 
Flaws. Flaws. (laughs) Yes, she does. I don't have any. (laughs) I always speak perfectly and everything. But, yeah, I think that... um, I think that she has a lot of flaws, and I am not blind to those. I'm not saying she's perfect, Mm -hmm. which I don't think any of these characters are. I just think that the reasons why people don't like them are very interest like not really that super valid because i think we all have people that we still love and care for in our lives that um emulate traits that people like hannah have and i think i'm just like i think i've talked about this like on the last three episodes of this (laughs) podcast but the more and the more tv that comes out the more i just really really love a flawed character because we've all got them yeah it's the sign of a well-written character yeah they seem real exactly perfect way to start off our list thank you my number three is um edith on downton abbey Mm. i don't really have as much to say about it as like kind of the dissertations we could write on hannah horvath as a character (laughs) but i just think it's i just think she is valuable to the show because I like her as a character. I like her chemistry with the other sisters, even though a lot of it's, like, um, like antagonistic. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like she gets a lot of hate just because she's, like, the least pretty. <laughs> Which, dumb. Yeah, it's and stupid. And also, relatable. And it's totally, she's the middle child. Middle child syndrome. Yeah. Plus, she actually, I mean, not that it even matters, but she actually is really pretty, so... Yeah, she is. People suck. Mm-hmm. Um, my number two is Serena from Handmaid's Tale. Mm. I feel like I'm constantly defending her. And it's not that I, like, love her. I think she's a bad person. But I think that she has a lot more... I think that she will is going to pull through for us. And I... Um, have hope in her because they we've been able to see little um, things here and there where she shows compassion and like she knows that her and her husband are in the wrong. So I'm hopeful that she will pull through and play an important role in um, doing the right thing and relieving all of the handmaids, handmaidens, handmaids. I don't know. Really, really good one. Thank you. <laughs> okay, my number two is Janice on Friends. Mm, yeah. Um, I guess, and I guess to be fair, I don't really hear a lot of people now that like complain about her. I feel like people complain more about the actual Friends than they do about well, her. Well, I feel like when I watched all the seasons within the last like four years, I was like so shocked that she actually wasn't even in it that much I felt like yeah but like when my parents would watch it like when it was live on television I thought that she was like a main character and like a big deal so I was like shocked that she wasn't even on it that much like people made such a big deal about her and how terrible she was even though she's like a very 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 small part yeah I was just looking her up on IMDb and she is only in 20 episodes out of, like, a billion. Yeah. But she's, like, really iconic, mm-hmm. which really says a lot about her. It's, like, I think that she is um, responsible for some of the funniest parts of the show. Mm-hmm. Like, I think her voice is, it is really annoying, but it's so funny. 
it's like just a such a funny comic performance mm-hmm. um and in some ways i think she it, you could argue that she's like a better person overall than a lot of the actual friends yeah probably just because she's like kind of just herself and like says it like it is yeah and like goes after what she wants yeah i really like janice and i think even when she like causes havoc for the other characters it's like makes for a really enjoyable episode yeah i agree so sometimes some of the characters that aren't technically likable they make for really great plot lines and so you have to respect that yeah they they liven it up okay for my number one i found myself while i was like doing research um that i kind of have a soft spot for the teens like a lot of teens get a really bad rep and i think we forget that we were all annoying as teens. <laughs> like That's true. There's no such thing as, like, a perfectly mannered teenager who's, like, making really smart and educated decisions. And so um, my number one is Paige Jennings from The Americans. And I mostly chose her because I felt like I was kind of one of those people who really hated her and was really annoyed with her for most of the series and then towards the end I was just like she was just doing what she could and like she wasn't getting attention from her parents and um you can't help but like feel bad for her and sorry for her and um so yeah I feel like she's my number one that I have a really big soft spot in my heart for her and um kind of understand her I like that. And it makes me really motivated to get back in and finish The Americans. You keep saying that, but you keep not watching. We keep having to watch a million other shows for this podcast. <laughs> um, my number one is Betty Draper on Mad Men. Because the first time I watched it, like the first few seasons, it's like kind of pre- it's predictable that like um, even though you feel bad for her because Dawn's cheating on her, like, she's a really bad mom, and she's really, really selfish, and focuses, um, all, her priorities are all very superficial, mm-hmm. and she's really petty, but she's such a great character because so much of her behavior and her motivations are all products of her whole life. Totally. Like, she was brought up that way to basically be a child her whole life and was babied, and only encouraged to focus on her own beauty and then she's expected to just kind of like be this super super young mom like she gets married super young because that's the times and have all these and like have kids and she's not um emotionally mature ever really no like even towards the end of the whole series like she there's moments of sympathy like where she's more sympathetic of a character but She's still herself inside. And well, and do you think she even wanted kids? Or do you think that was, like, a s- pressure from society that's just kind of what everyone did? I'm sure it's that was how it was for a lot of people. It's like how she has that friend who is, like, her, mm-hmm. like, housewife friend, and then by the end her friend's a career, uh, <laughs> career <Kawil>. woman. <laughs> She's a career woman, and then um, Betty's, like, mad. She's because she's jealous mm-hmm. because she could have had a career where she's like 
all over the world modeling. Mm -hmm. And even though the ultimate prize in her mind was marrying this handsome husband and, like, then you just kind of have kids. It's just what you do. Yeah. But she has all this resentment towards people that got to live these other dreams. Mm -hmm. So she's a really fascinating character. I wouldn't even list her in, like, my top five favorite characters, but I, like, really... The character is really interesting and you have to kind of respect her for having all this like other other things like boiling beneath the surface. Yeah, well she doesn't have anything in her life that's her own other than when she starts horseback riding. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That gets her into trouble. (laughs) But that was a good choice. I was actually trying to go through Mad Men characters... But to me, they're all so lovable that I have blinders on to the fact that other people don't like them. So, good choice. Um, TV news. Da-da-da! <laughs> um, Apple had an event today talking about all their new Apple TV stuff. Um, I haven't read too um, deep into anything, but it mostly just looked, looked like it was one big, huge, fun hangout with, like, all the coolest people, like Oprah and Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Gardner and Rashida Jones, and, um, and from the one thing that I did read was that it mostly just made people have a lot more questions than, answering any people's questions so (laughs) I think that's basically all that was announced is that it's coming and it's supposed to like um Reese Reese and Jennifer Aniston's show is supposed to drop this fall but still a lot of unknowns there Mm -hmm. and Oprah has two documentaries that are going to be on Apple streaming service as well but that's all I got out of everything I read so very informative and basically we've already talked about all of it before yeah totally well and it's one thing that like left me with more questions mm-hmm. um like did they say anything about how did you see anything about how to access it like is it just another streaming site like could i get it on roku or do i have to have an apple tv don't know so i can totally see them limiting it you know yeah which is dumb yeah but it works. Yeah, it's coming. <laughs> um, one thing that I'm excited about that was announced this week is season two of Castle Rock is going to be based on Misery. And um, Lizzie Kaplan is going to be playing Kathy Bates's character. And um, Elsie Fisher from eighth grade is also going to be in it. So, wow, love them both. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Um, something else that... I was thinking we talked about last week, but it's just been a really long week, (laughs) is that Mindy Kaling is going to have a show on Netflix, and it's, like, based off of her life, correct? Mm -hmm. Or is that incorrect? Her adolescence. Yeah. A coming-of-age comedy. She was born to write a coming-of-age comedy. Yeah. It's going to be perfect. So I'm very excited about it. Same. Especially that it's on Netflix. I know. Thanks, Mindy. Thinking about us. She really... She knows us well. Mm-hmm. I mean, she could have stuck with Hulu and we would have been happy with that, too. But... Yeah. Netflix means it'll all drop at once, where 
We learned this week Hulu is not giving us that. So it's, yeah, it's very unpredictable. Give another point to Netflix. It's also I didn't think about the implications that like she was Hulu's gal. Yeah. So that's very interesting. Yeah, I guess that contract was up. Mm-hmm. Um, the only other thing that I had really was the Parks and Rec crew had a reunion at Paley Fest. And um, just my very favorite thing was Retta wore this awesome pink dress. And if you look up close, it had treat yourself Stop. in Stop. It. it was amazing. What a dream. It's beautiful. So. And she looks hot. Yeah, she looks amazing. She should wear that hot pink always. Everyone looked really great. They did all look really beautiful. Every single one of them. Um, We're also very excited because Veep and Barry premiere this, this Sunday. Sunday. Happy Sunday to us. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. We're going to have a lot of one episode a week shows. I don't even know how we're going to keep it going. It's going to be really tough. At least those two are half hour. Yeah, that's true. Well, it'll be good because we'll get into the habit for when Game of Thrones starts back up. Yeah. But then we'll have, for a while, we'll have like two plus hours of TV to watch on Sundays. It's going to be daunting, but if anyone can do it, we can. Yeah, we can. Um, was that all you, f- you had? Yep. That's okay. all I had. So, the inventor. I forgot what the rest of it was called. It's a very long title. <laughs> the inventor, colon, out for blood in Silicon Valley. Yes. And do you want to give the brief description? Yeah, I'll do my best. It's kind of complicated. Um, basically, this documentary is about um, Elizabeth Holmes who was this young prodigy in Silicon Valley. Um, People kept saying she's the next Steve Jobs and she's like 20 years old. She um, dropped out of Harvard. Yeah. Because she thought she had this brilliant idea that would like revolutionize healthcare. Yeah. And um, now correct me if I'm wrong. Sometimes the actual plan, well, and it makes sense that her actual business plan was Um, Very incomplete. (laughs) And so it's kind of hard for me to even explain what it was because the ambiguity is what got her into trouble. Mm -hmm. So basically, they said they were going to invent these machines that were small enough to everyone. Everyone could have one in their homes eventually. And it would basically prick your finger, get a couple drops of blood, and then analyze it. Like the machine had all the equipment inside of it to analyze the blood and then tell you... um, like, what diseases you were at risk for, or if you, like, what kind of treatment you currently needed and things like that. Yeah. So, basically preventing you from having to go into the doctor and fill out, and when you get your blood taken, fill out all those vials. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought it was a very interesting thing that I had never even thought about, that it was a problem, because giving blood, I think the finger pricking is the worse than the actual needle going into your arm it hurts yeah the she... finger pricking hurts worse than the actual needle in your in the arm there's so i would rather give 50 vials of blood <laughs> than be pricked on my finger 
she kept talking in the documentary like in all this footage she's like uh, it's torture like the worst <laughs> torture a human can endure is giving blood and i like, know mm. i'm a person who can give blood really easily usually but and i know there are people who have like small veins and like have to do it all the time so i get it i get that it's like a problem and that it wasn't just like some random idea no but it's not um like the number one problem our nation is facing no or even our healthcare system yeah but it was potentially a cool idea if you really could have this machine in your house Mm -hmm. that could analyze it so then the problems basically started because she and her executive team kept they kind of were like running full speed ahead but the machines were far from ready and they were like what like the machines were so um not adequate inadequate (laughs) is a word i could use and um they were actually having to like take people's blood and then have them leave the room and then take the blood to their actual team of lab assistants like in the basement or something well and they even sent it off to like the other oh, two yeah. labs that actually do that anyway yeah like what people currently do to analyze like, their blood samples they were only analyzing like 10 percent of it themselves it's it's really wild but they kept telling people like oh yes like our machine which is so the company is called theranos and the machine is called the edison and So they were convincing all these investors that the machine was really working when really it was giving them straight up false reports a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And they ended up selling it to making a deal with Walgreens Mm -hmm. to have Theranos, uh, I mean, Edison machines like in Walgreens for their and like for their pharmacists that are not trained to do any of this to analyze and stuff. And... It all just completely backfired. They couldn't live up to any of their promises, and the reports were wrong. And, like, when they would compare the results to um, other blood tests by, like, actual FDA-approved doctors and stuff, like, they were completely inaccurate. And um, it was basically, like, Fire Festival, the healthcare edition. Totally. And it was just shocking to me because... Like, they weren't just this, like, tiny startup that went under. They were, like, a, was it billion-dollar company? Yeah, I think it was. And they, like, built the, they built this, like, fancy, fancy facility in Silicon Valley. And they literally didn't even have a product that they were selling. I just, like, kept <laughs> screaming at the TV. And I was like, they literally aren't even selling anything. No, it was... It was seriously like the Emperor's New Clothes or something. Like, yeah. It was just like, how, why was no one outside of this company, like, none of these investors were really researching or testing if this was actually working. Mm-hmm. And they're willing to just drop all of this money based on word of mouth, like them talking about people, of, of just everything they'd heard about Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Um, a really interesting, funny tweet I saw about this. Um, Someone was like, do you notice how the women were like, Elizabeth, that's fun, but that's not going to work. And all the men were like, and then there's a gif of this man just throwing money at it. (laughs) And it really is interesting because all of her investors were men. And they were like smart, Fortune 500, like 
big time investors who were investing and yeah, there were no women really involved at all. And I thought that that was really interesting and cool and funny. They could tell. Yeah. And the men were just like blinded. It showed some like, um, it had, what? That actually kind of sounded like her voice. (laughs) Yeah, she talks like, she's British. (laughs) You know what? That actually did sound like, I was trying to imitate her voice all week and I could never get there. I haven't tried. I should probably try off air. Well, when you listen back to this, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised (laughs) with your skill. (laughs) But it's like, is that real? (laughs) I can't do it. But like her even describing what it is that they do is the most funny thing ever because it sounds not real. It's nonsense. It's like we've been talking so much lately about like just buzzwords. Mm -hmm. Like it's like things that they parody on 30 Rock, like synergy Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And it, but like just the Silicon Valley version. Yep. And people companies are all over that. It's crazy. And it's like, what do you even do? Just please. Tell me in regular words. So like, and analysis, metrics, data. <laughs> it's so crazy. Yeah. Um, One thing I wished that this had gone into more was, like, more about her mm-hmm. as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not yet listened to the podcast about her called The Dropout, but I've heard from people who have listened to it that that goes way into, like, how she faked that voice and more about the outfits and stuff because mm-hmm. some people like heard her break character and speak in a normal voice oh, that used okay. to work there. Yeah, they didn't even mention that no. during the documentary and I was like, that's not her real voice, right? No, apparently it was completely affected. Okay, by, like all fake. And so I would really like to know more about that kind of stuff, like why, kind of like how was her mind working on this, mm-hmm. you know? But I have also heard that that podcast um, almost focuses too much on personal life, like goes way into her romance with that sunny guy mm-hmm. that works there with her. But, um, but like, almost over the top, like, focuses too much on it. Because, like, I really thought it was interesting that they dated because, like, he's way older than her. Well, they, from the videos they showed, there was zero chemistry. <laughs> no! It was, like... It shows them, like, mad jumping lib couple. in a, a bouncy house. I literally have a note, LOL, at Sunny in the bounce house. <laughs> and it's the most uncomfortable thing I've ever seen. It is like, if you want to see an example of zero sexual tension, watch this <laughs> watch documentary. Um, well, so yeah, I've downloaded that podcast and never listened to it. And I also have um, screenshotted someone recommending the book Bad Blood, which is also about this whole story that the Wall oh. Street Journal guy who broke all of this wrote. So there's a book, there's a podcast, and there's now an HBO documentary. So there's a lot of material to ingest about this. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I've attempted to ingest all of it in separate times without realizing that they're all the same. <laughs> so, of course, me being me, I went the shortest and easiest route and just watched the two-hour documentary. And I, like I still fell asleep in it. Well, there it does drag, especially in the middle. Yeah, I feel like it's a little repetitive, and it's just a lot of boring money business talk, mm-hmm. which doesn't really come back or affect the 
outcome or like your understanding of it. So I'm definitely more into the podcast route if they're talking about her voice, her Mm -hmm. outfits, her growing up. Same, because she is like way weird. Yeah, I was like, she's how a did weirdo? How did people think she was like personable at all? I don't know. And and it's also because like you know how there's all this commentary going on about like um, people saying that um, female Democratic candidates are not likable. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not saying she has to be like charismatic and likable, but she's selling a nonsense product, and it's not really like they're buying her personality. Is it like just because someone was like attracted to her? It's just so, it's like, the whole thing is a phenomenon to me because, like, there's nothing that draws me to her, even as, like, an enigma. I'm just kind of like, ew, I don't want to be around her. Mm -hmm. Well, something else I thought was really funny. Clearly, I'm a very, it's very apparent that I'm very superstitious (laughs) and stupid. (laughs) Um, Because... Um, this, like, famous hairdresser that I follow on Instagram was watching it, and she was like, oh, honey, clearly your hair is curly, and it does not want to be straightened. Please let it go. And it's true. I just wanted to throw her in the shower and see what she looked like when she came out. Because I think she would look like a completely different person. 1,000%. Well, how much better did she look when she's in court and has no makeup on? Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, she's not terrifying with those eyes Eyes. Um, also she doesn't blink no so that's why i want to listen to the podcast and hear more about her like weird mannerisms yeah um i saw a tweet that was saying that about her hair too they were like clearly to be an evil blonde woman you have to never deep condition your hair judging from elizabeth holmes and kellyanne conway (laughs) because it was bad yeah well and the curly hair in me saw the curly hair in her because Mm -hmm. My hair can do that if it's dry and I try straightening it. And so, honey, embrace the curls. Get yourself some conditioner. Mm-hmm. Get yourself some Diva Curl product. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe I would have donated to your cause. Yeah, then you would have we would have been on board. Us and Walgreens. <laughs> yeah, you want my five bucks? Will that help Theranos? Um I also have a note about how a lawyer defending Theranos also was Harvey Weinstein's lawyer, which made me want to vomit. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. They were like, he was one of the ones that would help, like, shut up the victims. It's not disgusting? Yeah, that is really terrible. So that's the kind of people that we're dealing with in Theranos, you know? Very interesting. Mm -hmm. There were, well, I also thought it was interesting that there were a lot of popular um people from the republican party that were involved but also people from the democratic party like people from hillary clinton's team her one of her lawyers was brought on and into the legal team yeah onto theranos it was their general counsel she was on the hillary clinton team so i just thought that that was interesting Did you ever listen to the podcast, The Dream, about MLMs? No. When you're saying that, they also talked a lot about Betsy DeVos. Mm -hmm. And um, when they were talking about, I don't remember the name of the specific MLM, but it was one that was, like, really intertwined with the government um, back in, like, the 80s, I think. Mm -hmm. 
and it was one of the biggest families involved was like the DeVos family and it's like all it's just crazy how intertwined some like if rich people exactly if you have this much money like there's gonna be a lot of you're gonna be intermingling yeah like that's weird to me that if you have an x amount of money you'll probably be intermixed in political controversy and business controversy (laughs) (laughs) well yeah intrigue yeah and it's like it's also just kind of disgusting because it's like you can hate all these corporations but they're also the ones dictating much of the government yeah i mean look at it right now it's like trump and his hotels and stuff like this stuff it's gross and i hate it it's not really new yeah, no. It's just, he was already a celebrity. Yeah, and it's not unique to what we're in now. No. It's kind of always been that way. So it's just, like, really disheartening, too. So, yeah, fun. Fun, fun <laughs> times. <laughs> um, but it is a, an interesting watch. And totally. I want to make my dad watch it. Just telling everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, if you're listening, watch this. But you know what my dad should probably not watch? Amy Schumer's Netflix special, Growing. Should we stop now because it was such a flawless transition? (laughs) I basically feel like I'm a comedian. You are. I, I will start out by saying I don't love comedy. I don't love stand up. I like comedy, clearly, but I don't love stand up. I think it's usually pretty awkward, and I hate Mm. their transitions. I think that they are very uncomfortable and, like, not natural, and I would rather them just be, like, moving on to the next joke. Yeah, or even, like, have cards they're reading off of. (laughs) Um, But with that said, I thoroughly enjoyed her comedy special, actually. How do you feel about it? Um, I did also like it. Um, I... I'm a fan of her. I think I really like her sense of humor. I like her whole shtick. So going in, I feel like I was more prone to like it. Yeah. I don't know how if if I were someone who found her Didn't really like annoying, her. then may, I probably wouldn't like it. So here's my question. When did you come to terms with liking her? Um, I mean, when... She had her inside Amy Schumer. There were some sketches that I didn't love and other ones that I was like, oh, that was funny. Okay. I've never really been a hater of her. I think there was a time when inside Amy Schumer first came out and she was literally every headline, as they always do when there's like a new female comedian who like speaks her mind, like Jennifer Lawrence, Mm -hmm. people that people start hating a lot because they're everywhere. Mm -hmm. And so when she was everywhere, I wasn't like oh my gosh, I've got to read this other... Like, I was like, okay, another article about Amy Schumer, but I would never say that I, like, was a hater. Okay. I feel like I didn't like her, and I didn't even know her. I just, like, had heard that she was... I don't even know. I don't even know what I heard. I just listened to the people and didn't have a great opinion about her. But then I watched Trainwreck and was converted. And I feel like that's most people's experience mm-hmm. at least in my circle of friends yeah i love train wreck yeah okay um i that's probably my favorite work of hers same um but one- she also was really great and i love i love pretty <laughs> <laughs> i am pretty is that what it's i called? feel pretty i feel pretty <laughs> 
I am pretty. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought she was great in that, too. That movie surprised me because the trailers initially made me feel kind of icky. Mm-hmm. But then it was different than I expected. And so I really liked it. Yeah, it was good. Um, one thing I will say about the comedy special was that some of the jokes felt weirdly dated. Like, I'd heard them before. Yeah. And it's not, like, I don't know. Which it's it's... I felt kind of weird about it. Like, there was some joke... Like, she was making jokes like, isn't it crazy how men are just scared of being made fun of and we have to carry our keys in our hands in the parking lot? And I was like, yeah. (laughs) That's not even really a joke. And so, like, that segment was kind of... I just felt like there were a lot of jokes I'd heard already. I would agree with you. Um, But I kind of liked that she was able to talk about more serious stuff in... A more of a joking manner. Yeah, those parts I liked. Okay. It was just that literally I feel like I've heard that a million times. Yeah, the part where I felt like that was when she was making a joke about how all pregnant people have to, like, cup their belly and take photos. I'm like, my dad makes that joke all the time. Like, it's not, that's not, like, original. No, those are, like, the kind of tweets you see over and over. Yeah, yeah. So I would agree, I totally agree with you on that. Yeah, and it was for it was kind of joke by joke because there were yeah. some pregnancy jokes that I thought were very funny. Yeah, um, and I was also I mean I couldn't help but compare it to Ali Wong's comedy specials because both of her specials she's pregnant while giving those, mm-hmm. but and even though they have a similar take on pregnancy, how like no one tells you how disgusting it is and stuff. Amy still brought her own thing to those jokes, and so I appreciated that and didn't feel that repetitiveness oh, that's during good. those jokes. Um, how did you... I was eager to watch it because I wanted to hear her jokes and takes on her husband being on the autism spectrum. Mm-hmm. Some of those jokes I thought were good, and other ones I was kind of like, if you were the one who was on the spectrum, I would feel like, yes, you can make this joke. But sometimes I was like, can you say that? Like, I know it's her husband, but it was just kind of like... I almost wish that he were there to, like, give feedback, too. But mm. I know that's kind of, like, her thing is to, like, push the envelope. Yeah. I don't I don't think that I... She was, like, very clear. Like, she even was, like, let me rephrase that because I wanted to be very clear that, like, mm. I love him. And, um, and I thought that most of the stuff she talked about him were not really that... Weren't really negative. They were... They all came around and were things that she loved about him. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be interested to hear what parts you you thought that. We can talk about that out there, though. <laughs> I know. Well, I'm trying to think. I mean, it might just be me being overly sensitive about it. Um, but there's just... I It's probably a lot to do with the fact that people don't really, like, reference those kinds of things in comedy routines. Yeah. And but there were just some things that I would have just felt more comfortable if it were someone who actually were on the spectrum making the jokes. Yeah. But I know none of it was coming from a bad place. Yeah. But that was just kind of my reaction to it. Yeah, the only times I could... The only jokes I can think about were, like, the pottery, the... Well, that portrait of her was hilarious. It was hilarious. And it looked like Donald Trump, totally. Yeah. And also, like, her. Yeah. (laughs) It was actually, when he's like, I think it's pretty good. I was like, (laughs) it is, like, pretty good. Um, 
I can only really think of like three big jokes that she made about it. And I think all of them are kind of loving and cute. And I, I didn't really think like any of them were rude. And I thought that that wasn't, I really haven't really, I really haven't heard um, anyone talk about that. And so I thought it was refreshing and um, brave and really cool that like he is okay with her talking about that. Yeah. I mean, I think that was just, there were just, I can't specifically remember. That was just how I felt about it. Yeah. I also thought it was funny that, um, that she brought up millennials so much when I, she's like born in 81 and is also a millennial. Okay. I was actually meant to look that up because I was laughing about that too. Cause I was like, I swear she's a millennial. So she is. Yeah. Cause I looked it up and like the age range of millennials starts in 81 and that's when she was born. Well, that's what I hate about the term millennial is that no one uses it correctly. And so no. it's just like they use it when it works good with their joke. Exactly. Or their stereotype. Well, and I feel like, and it wasn't like she did a whole bit on millennials and it no. wasn't like the most annoying millennial reference I've ever heard at all but it was just funny like a little throwaway thing because I'm like um again those are some of the ones that I felt like okay heard this one Mm -hmm. millennials are always on their phones you know (laughs) it's like everyone's on their phones old people are on their phones more than millennials and I will stand on a soapbox and talk about that for two hours literally they're yeah they're as addicted as any of us and that it was takes just one little, longer. Yeah, that was just one little thing that I noticed. Well, I, again, I feel weird kind of like critiquing or even commentating on this because I've really only watched Nanette by Hannah Gatsby. Oh, on yeah. Netflix. Which is like a very unique. Yeah. <laughs> and that special. was why I watched it because I usually don't watch um, stand up. And. So that's the only other one I've really watched. Um, But, yeah, I really liked it. And I laughed quite a bit. Yeah, I did too. And I'm not a big laugh-out-louder person. (laughs) (laughs) I totally get what you are saying with a lot of comedy specials because I think that's just what sets apart the good ones. Yeah. You know, like the ones that don't make it weird or they make jokes about the awkwardness. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It was interesting watching it for this. Yeah. Because, like, usually if I'm watching one, it's not thinking about it, like, to make commentary on it. No. You know? It's just like, was that funny or not? Yeah, totally. This one was very funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was, too. Um, yeah, I am excited. I, like, want to see what um, more movies she has in store. I really like her as a writer and as a movie actress. Because I like seeing her interacting with other people, too. Yeah, same. And I'm very excited to see her as a mom. Mm-hmm. I think that will be really interesting and funny. And she's been so open and honest about pregnancy. If anything, it's been a little too honest for me. <laughs> like yeah. Like, posting videos of her throwing up for minutes on Instagram. She did that? Oh, multiple times. You see? can, like, watch She's a millennial. <laughs> That's disgusting. She, like, feels like she has to, like, prove to people that she's actually sick when she, like, cancels events, I think. And it's kind of weird to me, but... Dang. Well, it's, like, I feel... Well, I'm sure that she's, like, trying... It's, like, her doing something funny, but I'm also, like, I feel bad if she genuinely feels like she has to prove it. Yeah. 
I don't think she's even trying to be funny. I think she's literally like, believe me, I'm just this out of, sick. Like, out of guilt. Yeah. I don't she know. probably approaches things like, um, on the on the defense already or on the offense because like she knows that she's such a oh, polarizing 100%. person. Mm-hmm. That would be exhausting. Yeah. Um. But on that note, it was a tough week for Crush of the Weeks because Theranos. <laughs> unless you want to pick one of like the nerdy the Silicon Valley <laughs> dudes. <laughs> um. Mm. Or and then. Amy Schumer, and so I guess you are going to have to bank on what you're watching in your personal time, and hopefully it was something good. Um, For me, I watched, I've been watching a couple episodes of Veep here and there to try to watch through all of it before, I won't make it, but I'll try. Um, So I have to give it up to Reed Scott, and... He just looks so good. And he's so young in those first, that first season. Just and now he baby. has, like, salt and pepper hair. And it, he just gets way better with age. But he still started out really good. <laughs> <laughs> he's just a classically beautiful person. Yeah. And I'm excited to see him in more stuff. He's really such a funny actor. Like, physical comedy. Yeah. He's hilarious. He has beat. a good, a wide range. He really does. Hopefully Late Night will open some doors. Yeah, I hope so. Well, and I think he's actually already signed on to another TV show. Oh, Post really? Beep. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Don't ask me anything else about it. <laughs> oh, well, I was just thinking that I want everyone from Veep to be, like, already lined up so many jobs. They're all geniuses. Yeah, I agree. I'm gonna miss them. Me too. Okay, my crush, um, it's kind of a stretch, but... It, a movie could be a show, like going to a show. In theaters. <laughs> yeah. You know, like old timey people are saying like, we're going to go see that show. Yeah. We'll let it pass. Um, so we saw Us. And so my crush this week is Lupita Nyong'o. Good crush. She was freaking awesome and very terrifying. And beautiful. So beautiful. She's amazing. Go see Us. I won't like spoil anything for you. But she's perfect in it. Yeah, she really is. So, and I swear that yet again, I think this week she, like, was making all these Clueless references, which is, like, the best thing after she dressed up as Dion for Halloween last year. Mm -hmm. So she's just perfect. I aspire to be her. Following her on Instagram is so funny because she actually has a very strong personality, and she really is so different than any character she's played in a movie. Seriously. So I think I was able to appreciate her even more in Us than I have been able to in other shows. Yeah, I agree with that. I feel like usually she's cast in, like, either another time period or, like, like Black Panther, like a fantasy kind of world. Mm-hmm. And um, and she's always very serious. Yeah, and she's, like, a very goofy person. Yeah, which you would never, ever think. No. Um, and in Us, I feel like... Even though it's obviously not a goofy comedy per se, but she's like a normal person in it. Yeah. 
well, half of the time. <laughs> and um, she's pretty serious. Yeah, she's still serious, but she, like, is dancing with her kids and, like, rolling yeah. her eyes at her husband and but stuff. But her husband is definitely, like, the goofier of the two parents. Totally. But I, th- I would still say it's, like, way more relaxed than, like, totally. some other roles where she's, like, a straight-up, like, regal royalty. Yeah. Which is how I would have always assumed she was IRL. In real life. Yeah. But she's, Same. like, I'll never forget when she went undercover as the Pink Power Ranger at Comic-Con. So good. So, it's just so wild. She's so great, so, yeah. Good choice. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Um, All right, that's the end of this show. Bye-bye. Bye.